your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheila and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheila and Zach coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings on Do you think Jack Del Rio's not going to go to the bar and get a drink and then come back and, and you know, run his I TV and give me a break? I, I can't speak what Jack Del Rio's going to do. But, but, but what I can tell you is, Marissa, is that... Marissa, let's, let's make that the drop right <laughs> But uh, what I can tell you is... Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Birds with Friends first. Bo Wolf here in my car, driving home from Landover to Philadelphia. Zach Berman in his car, by the magic of audio, the magic of our, uh, you know, beast producer, Marissa Morris, we are here. Zach, what a game. What a game. Bo, I, I was thinking about this podcast at halftime, and I did not anticipate that it would, it would take on this tone. I thought that it was going to be a different drive home than what it is. Uh, so a lot to dissect here. I'm, uh, I'm confused. Um, from where I sat, you know, I wasn't in the press box. And, uh, you know, I was watching the Eagles, this bombs away offense. They go up 17 nothing. Everything's looking good. They're shutting down the Washington football team offense that was, you know, as, as bad an offense as I've ever seen. And uh, it was 17 nothing. I just, you know, that, that was it, right? I, didn't, I, I looked away for a minute, but is, did you, are you telling me something else happened? Yes, it's on you a lot happened in the, in the end of the second quarter and in the second half, uh, just a complete and utter collapse. The offensive line, Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, there's a lot of blame to go around here. The fact that they're 0-1 right now, um, it's – Wait a second, they lost I, the game? They lost the game 27-17. They lost? How did they, they lose to the, How did they lose to the football team? That's terrible. That's <laughs> a good question. And really, they like unless your conclusion is that they're not a good team, that the Eagles are not a good team, um, and this well. is just a harbinger of what's to come. Then the other takeaway is they just let a game that they should have won slip out of their hands. Uh, a series of of mistakes, and I really put it on the offense because, and we'll get into this, but all five of Washington's scoring drives started in the Eagles' side of the field. That kind of tells you the way it was going for this offense. So, I mean, um, I think there is probably good reason to think that maybe this is a bad team, but uh, maybe it's too early. And, you know, weird things happen in week one. Let's caveat that right away. And they certainly did look good in the first half. Um, but, I mean, the the implosion of the offense in the second half and the defense, I, I think you're right. Like, we, we can save the talk for the defense for the second half of this podcast because they really were – we're not the story here, uh, but Carson Wentz sacked eight times. That's the most sacks the Eagles have given up in a game since the Winston Justice game in 2007. Uh, two interceptions, three if you count the one that was called back, and, and uh, you know, shout out to a few more interceptable passes. He was not good, and some really bad interceptions, some uh, you know, yes. unforgivable situation-wise interceptions. Um, and you know, they, there was no, nothing of a run game. Uh, you know, we, we talked about this, too, as we were leaving the stadium. But, uh, l I mean, let's just set the scene here because 
uh, right before the game starts, you know, 90 minutes before we get the inactives, and it includes Lane Johnson. So, uh, you know, Miles Sanders, who we were told was going to be fine for the regular season, he's out week one. Uh, Lane Johnson, who we were told was day-to-day, not anything really to worry about, he's out week one. And so the week one offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles as they uh, try to protect Carson Wentz is Jason Peters at left tackle. And boy, did he get worked over today. Uh, Isaac Sayamalo at left guard, Jason Kelsey at center, Nate Herbig at right guard, and Jack Driscoll at right tackle. So first of all, um, I, I, I think that tells you the Eagles have more faith in you and me to play offensive line than Matt Pryor right now because – uh, when Jack Driscoll got hurt in this game, Jordan Mailata went to right tackle instead of Matt Pryor. So he is persona non grata. Uh, but not only is this, you know, in Herbig and Driscoll, two guys who have, have never played in, a, in an NFL game before, Herbig played three offensive snaps last year. They've also never played together. Uh, and, you know, that's, uh, that's not ideal. No, and, and really it makes you wonder what was happening during training camp when obviously – you, you, you did not have Peters going over to left tackle during training camp. But even when Peters was taking snaps off, they had Matt Pryor playing right guard. Uh, and then when Lane Johnson was like, out. What happened to Matt Pryor? Yeah. What, what, what happened to Matt Pryor? It, it's a, it was that one, that one training camp practice against Josh Sweat, and they all of a sudden decided he was, they, they couldn't play him? He went from being the guy who, who they were saying they had faith in at left tackle to not even being their third string right tackle, okay? Because Driscoll and, went and, – and, and not even – it wasn't – it's not even just, uh, you know, empty words. He was, the, he was the starting right guard in the playoffs last year. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, they, and they said that Nate Herbig had a good week of practice. Uh, but you put Jack Driscoll in at right tackle when he really was not your first team right tackle – when Lane Johnson was out throughout the summer, okay? And even when when, when well, Driscoll went down, they had Maialata in there. Um, so it seemed like they came up with this combination this week. And it just makes you wonder, this Lane Johnson injury wasn't new. The, the, the right guard situation, Jason Peters wasn't taking every right guard snap during training camp. And then they burned a week and a half, whatever it was, before they put Peters back. And left tackle. Uh, so it really seemed yeah, like they came cap- up with this captain, this week. What a captain's move, though. What a captain's move from Jason Peters to waste a week and a half of time and then eventually decide that, you know what, I'm going to do what's best for the team and play left tackle. Knocking on, yeah, knocking on the door, right? Right? Knocking on the door and then, and then just coincidentally getting that, that new contract a few days later. Yeah. Um, I actually thought uh, Driscoll was pretty good. I think he was. Uh, by my eyes, I thought he was the second best offensive lineman for the Eagles today, because uh, Peters was just getting, you know, smoked, and uh, and Sayamala might have might have, you know, looked worse because of that. But uh, I thought Driscoll was okay. But regardless, uh, and then you know the the injuries keep coming, and uh, Vinny Curry goes down with what looked like uh, to me the way he was walking off a, a season-ending injury. Uh, that looked pretty bad, and. Uh, Brandon Graham leaves the game. I don't know the extent of his injury, but he did not come back. So this team that is supposed to be built uh, along the line of scrimmage is finishing this game week one with 
Uh, Peters, Sayamalu, Kelsey, Herbig, and Mylotta as the offensive line. And then the defensive line at some point, it's Jannard Avery, T.Y. McGill, Josh Sweat, and Hassan Ridgeway out there. Uh, so that is not a that is not a Super Bowl level line of scrimmage for the Eagles. Not the least bit, and and, and just to give some some color for our our our, our uh, listeners and a quick warning to Bo, I am going through the Baltimore Harbor Tunnel at this point. So I I ah, I, I hope you don't lose me, but. But that could be a, Well, your audio can't get much worse than it's already been. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, yeah, the, the, the injuries definitely were a factor. But really, they've, they've been a factor here now for, for four or five years. You, you can't keep talking about injuries. Um, and in, in some of these cases, when Brandon Graham goes off in the middle of the game, when Brady Curry goes off in the middle of the game, Jack Driscoll goes off in the middle of the game, that's not necessarily something you accounted for. On the offensive line, though, they had to have an idea Lane Johnson was not going to play or he was, he was questionable, was limited in, in practice all, all week. So this combination Jason. Of, of, of Nate Herbig and Jack Driscoll on the right side, that's what they plan to go into this week for the season. Well, uh, Kelsey, Jason Kelsey said after the game that they knew that Lane was going to be, uh, you know, a game time decision as game time as it gets. And it really did come down to it. And uh, my understanding is, you know, Jack Driscoll didn't know he was starting this game until 15 minutes before an active came down. So, um, you know, that tells you all the more that, that I thought he was pretty impressive. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is the situation they've painted themselves into now. Uh, maybe that maybe it's too too much of a, of a level of excuses because uh, we knew about some of these injuries coming in, and still, as you said, we thought they had the head coach quarterback advantage, and that is where you know that is where they lost the game. Now, you know Carson Wentz was under a lot of pressure, but he did not uh, acquit himself well after they went on seventeen nothing. No, and and really they had you know, you know uh, both the interceptions I I believe were on the first plays of drives. Uh, so you talk about situational football. Yes. It, it's 17-0. You, you have the ball. Your first pass there can't be an interception. And I get it that both those passes were intended to Jalen Rager and John Hightower, so rookies, two players who, who Carson doesn't have as much time with. And I thought the, the rookies could have gone back for the ball better on, on both those attempts. But there's still interceptions by Carson Wentz. And there's still – you know, the, he, he, he doesn't throw that many interceptions. That's been something we talked to him earlier in the year about turnovers, and he says he needs to improve the fumbling. Interceptions are, are, are something he really hasn't had that hard of a time with. He's passed three years. He's had seven interceptions in each season, so he, he's kept those down. To have two today, and like you said, a third that was called back because of an offside penalty, uh, that's on your veteran Twitter. Yeah, I mean that one. That one doesn't really count because it was a free play. But yeah. yeah, but but that's your veteran quarterback, you know, and 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 that that's Carson needing to play better. Uh, and even when he's under duress, and you know he 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 did not have a lot of time. There were sacks when I thought it was on him. When I thought he was either holding the ball too long or trying to make a play. And her during that bog offense era last year. Well, it's funny because. Um, it's funny you mentioned the bog because this really was in many ways, the anti bog offense. 
Um, we saw a lot of shots deep. You know, we, we have been expecting or, you know, the Eagles have been saying they want to bring some explosiveness back to this offense. We certainly saw that in the first half. Um, a beautiful 55-yard completion to Jalen Rager. That was the longest completion that Carson Wentz has had since October 2018, uh, since, all you know, more than anything he had last year. Uh, we saw at the end of the first half, you know, some more deep shots that didn't fall to Rager and Deshaun Jackson, so they were stretching the field. But uh, we also saw the flip side to that, which was in the bog, you know, there were all these long drives, converting these third and fours. But today, uh, the Eagles were 5 of 14 on third down after being four of their first five. And their average yards to go was over 10, meaning they had lost yards on first and second down most of the time uh, from those eight sacks. And on the, the average yards to go on the, the 14, or rather the nine third downs that they did not convert was over 14 yards. So uh, they did not make things easy for themselves. They didn't really run the ball in this game. And, and you know, we expected that even without Miles Sanders, they would try to run the ball to neutralize that uh, Washington run defense that has not been good. Now they, you know, they, they were pretty good against it today. And part of that must be the offensive line. But uh, we sort of saw the, uh, the pick your poison with this Eagles offense. They were more explosive, but they were also, uh, they had much more, many more negative plays than they had last year. So uh, certainly they, they need to find a, a middle ground there. You're right. And it, it was the anti-bog, it was the anti-bog because the reality is you look at the personnel that they had. When you have Urch, Goddard, and Boston Scott on the field, I would think that you can get a quick strike offense going. And it, it, every play doesn't need to be a shot play you can get into third and manageable situations. Um, and especially when you're talking about passing on first down, you shouldn't have so many negative plays if you're incorporating if, if you're incorporating the screen game, if you have quick passes, your tight ends. And really, it seemed like that wasn't the case in the second half. So let's go through the game a little bit, um, just to sort of paint that picture. Uh, I mean, the Eagles started out very well. They got a three and out on defense. And then they went right down the field uh, with an impressive opening drive and scored a touchdown. What did you see? You know, it, that was sort of uh, even more than like the long completion to Rager. That opening touchdown drive to me seemed like exactly what um, the Eagles sort of had pictured with this offense with uh, two guys spreading it deep or, you know, stretching the field deep, opening space in the middle and Ertz and Goddard being able to take control of that. Exactly. You put it well right there. I thought they, the way they incorporated the, the two tight ends, that was obviously a scripted series. They the script works very well. They were going up-tempo, all right, so they were getting completions, getting to the line quickly. We're in, uh, they did not allow Washington to settle. Uh, they, they went right down the field there. Carson was 4 for 4 Ertz, Goddard, both involved. That's this offense at its best. And really their next touchdown drive, it, it was the same thing. Um, I, I don't want to say they got away from it without watching the film, but that first drive was what they want this offense to be. So, uh, Zach, are you ready to declare uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside a bust? <laughs> um, no, I'm not ready to declare it, but I thought he had... Can we, can we, can we, can we admit that the summer hype of J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was uh, a complete canard? Why? Well, I frankly they couldn't even that, get on the field. John Hightower played more snaps. Yeah, I was, was going to say the summer hype of John Hightower might that might be a little more overstated. 
You know, I, I think there was why he of, he played more. He had negative. I, I I mean, he had a pass that he just dropped went right through his hands. I thought the interception he hurt his quarterback on that play. I don't think Hightower did very much today. Yeah, but he was only supposed to be the number four or five receiver. Yeah, true. True. No, no, JJ wasn't. He was on the field, but he he wasn't really that involved. He I wasn't great. He I, wasn't I targeted Ward a single time. Yeah, I thought Greg Ward was decent. You know, Greg Ward was uh, a, a chain moving. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Let me let me tell you how good Greg Ward was because this was a very Greg Ward performance. Five catches for thirty-one yards, six point two yards per catch. Very dynamic. <laughs> I, I want to see how uh, how many first downs though he had because he, he did he did move the chain. A long of eleven. Okay, but I no, but if there were uh, Dallas Goddard, eight catches for one hundred and one yards and a touchdown. That was a that was a monster performance, uh, including the thirty-four yard touchdown, which was a nice. Uh, he was fine. He found that ball after turning over the wrong shoulder. That was a nice catch, I thought. Yes, I agree. Um, so yeah, so the Eagles are up seventeen nothing. Everything's looking good. You're uh, you know you're thinking about whether the uh, the, the media is going to be allowed to go to the Super Bowl, right, Zach? <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, everything just turns. What like what 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 happened? Yeah, it it's it starts with the interception. You know, you're 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 at the under two minute mark. Your defense just forced a three and out. First and ten, Carson Wentz throws a pass to Jalen Rager, intercepted. Uh, I, I'm not saying Doug Peterson shouldn't have his 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 foot on the pedal there, but what you when you're backed up in, in your territory, up 17 nothing, a minute 44 to go, I think it was, what you can't do is turn the ball over. Like, that's the, that's the one thing you don't do. Yeah. And, and there was a series of, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to more of this, but just questionable decisions as the game went on. What is the equivalent of, you know, don't make the first or third out of third base for, you know, I heard you, you said uh, you can't throw an interception on the first play of the drive. Do you think that's the, the equivalent? Because you can throw an inter- interception on the last play of the drive. You know, that, that's not bad. <laughs> well, that, it's always the last play of the drive, right? No, I, I think the equivalent yeah. of that, and I will, I, I'm jumping ahead here. I, I don't mean to do it, but of, of, of not making, you know, the third out on third base would be, like, like, don't take a third down sack when you're in in, in, in field goal territory, right? Like, don't take an 11 yard. Well, that's good. That's a good point. That is a good comparison. You know, that's that's like what you know when you talk about situation awareness with with Carson Wentz running backwards when you're in field goal territory to make it what a 54 yard field goal when if he, if he just throws it away there, it's a field goal that's that's yeah. two yards or so. That's a big difference. That's a difference yeah. in this game. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, I didn't have a great vantage point of that play. What happened on that play? Do you, do you recall? He was he was under duress and he was trying to escape pressure. And you know he 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 ran backwards. Uh, and again, I, I haven't yeah. watched it back, but you know there that's something throughout Carson's career that he's done time and time again. And you've seen you remember that 2017 Monday night game against Washington when it looked like he was getting sacked, and then all of a sudden he escapes. Uh, and he's, he's made those plays. But the other part of it, when he's trying to extend a play, and it, it, he just makes a bad play worse. And you saw that today. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that is the, um, you know, the balance that 
we have talked about him trying to, to, to find for a long time um, the blessing and the curse of his, uh, you know, pocket maneuverability is sometimes he makes those big plays and sometimes he takes bad sacks. Yeah. And in this game, when the offensive line was a bunch of, you know, shuffling pieces against the defensive line that, and I, I, I was not like, uh, it, it was not the most impressive eight sack performance I've ever seen. If that's fair to say, like, it didn't seem like, you know, Wentz was getting killed at the top of all of his drops. A lot of the time it was, he was holding the ball uh, too long, I thought. And I don't know if that's, you know, part of the play calling. And it, it didn't seem to me uh, like they, you know, it seemed like about halfway through this game, they stopped moving the pocket. Um, I don't know if that was a, a conscious decision or not, or they just got away from it. But uh, I don't think, I don't think they helped him with the play calls, but, but certainly Wentz did not help himself. And this was, you know, this was not a good game for him. Uh you, you can make excuses, but, um, you know, for a guy who uh, needs to be good enough to overcome a lot of flaws on this team as presently constructed, he was, you know, he was not Superman. He was very pedestrian. So if, if I can ask you a question, between – Please do. Between Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, and the offensive line, how do you allocate blame? Whether you're ranking them or you're giving turkey, how do you allocate the blame? Mm. Turkeys. Let's do turkeys. Okay. Um, I think um, I think I'm going 50 turkeys on Wentz and uh, 35 turkeys. No, 45 turkeys on Doug, and only five on the offensive line. Really? Like That's the offensive problem. line? Uh, like, of course, the offensive line is is like a, a huge reason they lost this game and maybe the primary reason, but that's what you expected when you went into this game with that offensive line. Like Doug Peterson needed a better plan if that was going to be the case. That's true. That is. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe, maybe, maybe I waited it. Maybe I waited it a little bit too much on Carson. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I, I, I was going to rank it uh, Carson offensive lines and then Doug. Um, but I, I, I would make it, <laughs> I would make it probably, um, 40, 30 and 30. So 40 on four. Oh, you got to put one ahead of the other. And so if I have to do that, then I'll make it 40, 31 and 29, 31 for okay. the offensive line, 29 for Doug. Uh, no, I, I thought the offensive line didn't play well enough. And I understand. I mean, that, Jason, Jason Peters, well, I think the way to frame um, this discussion maybe from here on out is uh, how much, you know, the things that went wrong today, do you think they were a week, a one week aberration or do you think they are a sign of things to come? And uh, we can start with Peters and, you know, for me, Peters, like, I think that's what you're getting. Um, He was bad today and I I don't know if you're going to get, much improvement from him. Yeah. I mean, perhaps this is why they were willing to make the transition this year. Uh, frankly, it probably would have been a better yeah. decision for Jason Peters to knock on Doug's door this yeah. Monday as opposed to last Monday. You know, like, like let well, them have that especially given how dominant, Especially given how dominant Andre Dillard was throughout camp. <laughs> but, uh, no, Chase Young is a really good player, obviously, and, and – uh, I, I thought both those Jack Driscoll was shutting him down to start the game. 
Um, and then, you know, what what uh, what Ryan Kerrigan was doing, Montez Sweat was getting after him. Uh, there was – those edge players were playing well. The interior players were playing well. That's a good defensive line. Nonetheless, the offensive line just – the reserves need to take a step up. And I thought it was interesting hearing Jason Kelsey after the game go on a tangent about how – Kalapulavati Baikai wasn't appreciated enough. And yeah, it wasn't coincidental that Jason Kelsey brought that up, in my opinion. Kelsey wasn't throwing the reserves under the bus. But what he was saying is, is that, like, you can get spoiled by good reserve play. And what Baikai did being a serviceable reserve, oftentimes there's a drop-off when you go from your starting right tackle, your starting right guard, and by the way, we don't even know who their starting right guard is going to be when Lane's out there. Is it going to be Herbig? Is it going to be Driscoll? Uh, we're assuming it's not going to be Pryor because it would have been Pryor today. Uh, but still, yeah, this I mean, is, it would be insane for it to be Pryor now. But, like, next week is – well, I'm not sure if, 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 if you're going to see Aaron Donald rushing from that side. But next week you're playing against Aaron Donald. You know, next week you're playing against Michael Brockers. You're, you're playing against, against good pass rushers next week too. Um, and, and, and so well, I'm not sure if Michael Brocker is a good pass rusher. <laughs> All right. Well, well, point being, you're you're playing against Aaron Donald next week. You're you're playing against the best yeah. player in football. Uh, so, and every week you're going to see somebody who who is 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 going to be tough to block, and it's it's incumbent upon this offensive line to play better than than to play better than they are today. But the reality is, Bo. And this is why I put it on the offensive line. This has been an ongoing storyline throughout training camp that this offensive line has not been playing well. And I even asked Jason Kelsey last week when we spoke to him about how he felt about the offensive line going into the season. Because anyone who watched practice during those two weeks when we were there saw that this was going to be a question. And I think throughout training camp, the rationalization was they had injuries, they had a lot of moving parts. Uh, when you get to the season and you have these veterans and you have Jeff Stoutland, it's all going to be fixed. But what if this is a personnel issue, Bo? Like, that's something that we need to consider with this offensive line. Brandon Brooks is not out there. Uh, they have Jason Kelsey. I'm confident in Jason Kelsey. I'm confident in Lane Johnson. But you don't know beyond those guys. Well, how confident can you even be in Lane Johnson right Well, now? when Lane Johnson's out there, I'm confident. Sure. Um, and it, well, what 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 Kelsey said after the game was, uh, and he you know he said this before, and you can you know you can take it with a grain of salt, but you know he didn't really think that individually anybody played that badly. It was just you know a lot of you know you know miscommunication things. And listen, I mean that's exactly what you are opening yourself up to when you keep shuffling yep. the the deck chairs. Uh, throughout camp and you, you can't settle in on something like like I really don't know if we ever saw Herbig and Driscoll playing together that much um, and I actually thought I thought yeah. Herbig had a tough game uh, just for my initial watch uh, I thought he was maybe the, the weakest link of the offensive line goodbye and uh, so we'll see I mean I would I would probably like to see Driscoll next to Lane Johnson moving forward like I think it's possible Jack Driscoll starts all 16 games this year but um, I mean, we'll see. And this is, this is precisely the, the, uh, the kind of 
disastrous game that they invited by the way that they handled the, the summer. Great point. Great, great point. Could not agree with you more. You put it well there. Uh, oh, thank you so much. I thought that they that, – that, I don't want to say they wasted two weeks, but they spent two weeks, like, not preparing for the group they're going to have week one. When these injuries, I mean, they spent they spent two weeks they spent two weeks putting a guy at left tackle who couldn't even get on the field as the as the like ninth offensive lineman today. They, he was over he was overtaken by three people, yeah. and yet he spent two weeks as a starting left tackle. Yep, absolutely. That you're there's there's no way, in my opinion, to rationalize it, and that's where I I put it on. Doug Peterson or Howie Roseman or Jeff Stoutland, whoever was saying this is the guy who should be out there, it it doesn't seem like they were preparing for week one. No, I think that's right. Um, Okay, so how about the offensive line as a whole? Uh, Do you think that this was a week one aberration, or do you think that this is setting the stage for a, you know, 2012-type season where the entire season is cratered by a Garbanzo Beats offensive line? A little bit of both, and the reason I say that is because when Jason Kelsey's back, I think this line's going to be better. Oh, I'm sorry. When when Lane Johnson's back, I think this line's going to be better. Um, Lane is, is a blue-chip player, but like we were talking about on the pod the other night. We don't need to be used to the chip. <laughs> on, on the pod the other night with Shio, where we said they're like a Lane Johnson or a, or a Jason Kelsey injury away from this being disastrous. I definitely think that. Like, if if one of these guys gets a season-ending injury, um, I mean, that could be curtains on this offensive line. Like, then you're talking about a bottom-of-the-league offensive line if you take away one of those guys. It sure was nice seeing the teams back out on the gridiron over the weekend. Lucky for us, that was just week one. Maybe not lucky for the Eagles. There is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you are into the emotional hedge, all you got to do is bet against the Eagles for the next 15 games, and either way, you'll be happy. Either the Eagles win or you win some money. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team as long as they're playing the Eagles. And if that team wins, you cash a pool, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? Bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, a sportsbook that goes wherever you go. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TOSS when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week two, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code TOSS during sign-up. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's the Rams next week. We're playing the Eagles, so root for the Rams. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, Carson Wentz, uh, just a bad week or a sign of things to come? Just a bad week. We've, we've seen enough from Carson Wentz. Uh, I believe to have confidence that, that, that he's better than he looked in the second half today. Um, but in year five, I don't think you can just excuse it. He's not a young quarterback anymore. You, you, you can't say that he doesn't have his weapons out there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure what, what they were doing with Deshaun Jackson. 
that's something we'll, we'll find out more tomorrow. Deshaun seemed to be on the sideline a lot more than you would expect from your number one receiver. It seemed like they were really yeah. – yeah, it seemed like they were really managing his pitch count um, throughout this game. We, but, it was interesting because on both sides of the ball, um, the Eagles were rotating a lot of pieces. Uh, I think it was like uh, 18 different players played on offense, maybe more than that, 19 by my count. And then it was even more than that on defense, especially at the end of the game when, uh, you know, Alex Singleton and Sean Bradley were on the field. But uh, we, we saw a lot of rotation on both sides of the ball. I'm, I'm sure that that was part of the plan. I'm not so sure it worked as, uh, as to how they were hoping because it's not like they were uh, taking advantage and being like fresher down the stretch. They blew the game in the second half. So. Yeah. Uh, that didn't work. Yeah. I mean, they they uh, they obviously did not have have Miles Sanders, but they had Zach Ertz, they had Dallas Goddard, they had Jalen Rager, their first round pick. He's out there. They had Deshaun Jackson back. Uh, this is a better group of receivers than the group that he went four and zero with last year, right? And yeah, you know he so. But what we really learned, what we really learned from that stretch at the end of last year is that. Uh, what Carson Wentz really needs is a, a group of young receivers to help mold and build this offensive bound. That's what we really learned. Carson's best when he has a bunch of guys who no one's ever heard of. <laughs> and you don't want to bring in good uh, wide receivers. You want to bring in young wide Yeah, Carson and the guys, right? Uh, or Carson's guys. So, yeah, that's what you really want. No, it's it, it, uh, that's you want to get rid of all. You want to get rid of the other leading voices in the locker room. You want to make this Carson's team. Yeah, like there's been – Admittedly, there's been a lot of excuse-making for Carson in the past. Uh, and I think year five, th- these excuses aren't there. Like, yeah, they, they don't have Julio Jones, but they're they're healthier than they were at wide receiver than they were a year ago. And they have their first-round pick out there. Um, and week one is a time when, when they should be able to be clicking. So, you know, when you saw the deep pass, uh, uh, to uh, Jalen Rager, but I just thought that the that was second, a nice play. Yeah, that, that that the way Carson played in the second half, it was not good enough, and the 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 buck can't be passed here. That is on Carson. Well, now I prepare to go through the uh, Baltimore Harbor Tunnel, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, Deshaun Jackson, two catches for 46 yards, as we uh, were talking about. Zach Ertz, only three for 18. And a, uh, a costly drop on fourth down at the end of the game when the Eagles were down seven, Zach. Yes, and so I, I asked both Doug and Carson about this play because I, I thought it was a, a critical play in the game. You know, it was basically it's a, it's a fourth down in, in, in your own territory. So if you don't convert, the game's probably over because they're in position to get the field goal. Uh, and it was, a, it was a bread and butter play. It was Zach Ertz streaking across the middle. Um, and it hit Zach Ertz in the hand, and he did not catch it. And so you can call it a drop. I, I think it's fair to say it's a drop. Uh, Doug Peterson said it's, it's a play they, they need to make. Carson said he didn't get a good view on it. Um, and I think that's Carson not throwing Ertz under the bus. Interestingly, uh, the play before that, the deep pass to Deshaun on third down, I asked Carson about that one. He called that a miscommunication. I'm curious what the minutes them. Yeah, Sean was wide open. That was a bad throw. Yeah. Um, so, so look, those are two plays. Those are some, those are are two your money guys. You know, the Sean Zachers, third down, fourth down, critical points in game. You need to make those plays. Zachers needs to make that catch. 
And I, I think especially after the week that Zach Ertz has had, you need to make that catch, right? Like, that, you know, Zach Ertz is, is a great player. He's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Um, but fourth and three. You know, Dallas Goddard. <laughs> a fourth and three, a pass across the middle that hits you in the hands. You, yeah, that extends the game. That, that, that gives you a chance to tie the game. And you need to make that conversion. After every game he's played in his career that they haven't or that he hasn't been injured in, uh, we've been able to talk to him. I've been able to talk to him. So you can get his, his version of, uh, of what happened on, on that play. But I'll, uh, I'll say from the press box view, it looks like a catch he needs to make. Yeah, I actually had a I actually had a good angle of it from where I was standing, and it, it was, I mean it hit him in the hand. He's got to catch that ball. So, sure. so, so you made a few references um, to it. Do you want to explain what your uh, perspective was in this game? Sure, we can get we can get into the uh, uh, inside baseball of what this game was like to cover if you want, and then we can talk about the defense. But uh, I, I I watched this game from the stands, uh, not like sitting, but just sort of standing in uh, like the photographer's bucket and. and uh, trying to stand in stands until um, I was told to move. But uh, I wanted to get more of the, more of the atmosphere. Plus, I got to be honest, the scene from the press box skeeved me out. I did not feel completely safe in there. I don't know about you. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, it's hard for me to say. I I made sure that I was I was vigilant. You know, I uh, my mask was staying on and uh, was, was. You went you went you went double mask. I respect that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I brought a mask, and then I had the surgical mask. And I had a, an, an extra surgical mask in the car from practice. And so I, I was like, well, you know. Uh, I thought you were going to say it from your extracurricular activities. <laughs> no, 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 from practice. So uh, I was like, why not? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll use both of them. Um, and I, I made sure to keep it to keep a distance. I probably was not as sociable as – I typically am before a game or, or a halftime of a game. I yeah, you're generally a social butterfly. Not a social butterfly, but I'll, I'll say hello to the other writers and I'll catch up. Uh, I'll catch up with them, and I really tried to kind of keep them. And as uh, and, and as was as was pointed out on our YouTube comments in person, you look much cooler than you might expect. <laughs> I didn't know whether that was an insult or a compliment. I, I it was. Uh, I guess I sound nerdy. Um, but uh, nonetheless, I, I appreciate that. Um, but no, but in all seriousness, um, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I was in the press box. I was, I was, I was writing during the game. Um, we, we, we had something up right when the game ended, uh, which you can check out. At the gun, as we said. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, but I, I really liked your idea, and I, I can't wait to read your, uh, your account of the game because you, you did get an interesting perspective of, of what was going on. Well, I don't know. I don't know that I have that much uh, extra color to add for, you know, the day after or whatever, but um, it was interesting because I don't know how it came through on the broadcast. My sense is they were, you know, people have said that it, it seemed fairly normal, uh, but it did not seem normal at all in the stadium. Um, I mean, there was obviously nobody there, but there wasn't even uh, – there wasn't even really the pumpkin crowd noise. Yeah, which I, 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 I like actually respected. Decision. I respected Washington for doing that, right? Like, I'm sure that was their decision. Why? Um, well, yeah, but I don't know. Like, Well, because I, I think – I mean, I, I, I appreciated it because I could, I could hear some stuff going on on the field, 
and not, you know, not a ton. It was more just like, uh, you know, good job or like, go or whatever. But, uh, you know, and some F-bombs. But um, I don't know. Like, you think that was their, their decision? You think they just couldn't get it working? I don't know. Oh, no, I'm sure. I'm sure you had the decision whether you want to use it or not. Um, and yeah. I, I have read stories in the past uh, few days that they're getting more sophisticated with it. So, you know, that, that, that game we were at, it, it, it just seemed to be just like white noise, basically. Yeah. And it wasn't situation dependent. And I've read stories that say it is going to be more situational dependent. Uh, so that's a good thing. But uh, no, it was, it was like, it was more organic today. It was just, it was just guys out there. It was like, like a high, it was like a high school game. It, it, it was like a scrimmage. Game. It was like a high school game. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was weird. The only odd thing is is that they would do the the normal uh, sound effects and graphics that they would, and they do this in baseball as well. So every player gets their walk up music. So, right. so after Dwayne Haskins makes a play, they play the Lion King music because that's Dwayne Haskins' nickname. But what was really funny, or interesting, funny, however you want to phrase it, was after Washington's interception, they ran over, they ran across the field to the stands, like celebrate in front of the home that wasn't even there. Well, wasn't that, wasn't that also for cameras or no? Was that for the cameras that they did that? Okay. I, I assumed it was also for cameras. Okay. What I thought was really funny was like, they also have the, um, you know, the PA announcer doing the normal stuff. And it was doubly funny because it was like, uh, and it's a first down for a football team. <laughs> yeah. They should just go very, Washington. They should just funny. lean in. They should lean into the Washington part. And yeah. The Washington part. Yeah. That's, I totally agree with that. That's, that's definitely what I like. Um, and then the other, the other inside baseball thing in terms of just covering the game is uh, post game. And so basically what it was is what it's sort of been throughout the summer it's just a Zoom setup, and they would bring a couple people in, and we would ask our questions over Zoom. And um, unlike, you know, getting to, you know, feel the pulse of a locker room and, you know, go off and get stories on your own, instead it's like, you know, we each get two questions over the course of uh, several interviews, and it was uh, Peterson, Wentz, Kelsey, Mills, and Goddard, right? That, that's yeah. all we got to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... And, Which is not, you know, I'm not so sure they could do much better than that, but it was not. No, that, uh, you know, no, 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 that's the thing. But, but you always want to, you know, like I was, I was saying with her, if a, if a guy makes a critical play and it's a negative play, what you want to do is you want to get their side of it. You know, you, you want to get their version so you feel like you can responsibly write it with hearing their side. Uh, frankly, I don't know how many times this year we'll hear from a player who has a negative play, right? Like they they brought out Dallas Goddard after eight right. after eight catches, uh, and then and then the other thing too is someone like Jack Driscoll making his first start. Now he left with an injury, but uh, Jordan Mailata taking his, right. his, the first snap of his NFL career. Like these are little things that as you work a locker room, you can you can grab a guy here, grab a guy there, and and then the other thing like you said is even if you don't get a sampling of like 15 players. If you're in the locker room post game, you can really detect the the general sentiment. Are they pissed off? Are they resigned to it? Did they expect this to happen? Um, you know, you can see more raw emotion. What you don't see when a guy is brought up to a lectern 
is raw emotion. And I understand why we're not in the locker room. I totally get it. Um, it's, it's the safe thing for all sides at this point. Um, but it's, you know, from, from the nature of, of, of us really trying to paint a picture of what's going on, I don't think us and reporters at large will get the full story like we would uh, when we're in the locker room. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, you're saying that um, we journalists are the real victims of the pandemic. No, 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 no. Definitely please do not say that. And a matter of fact, I have been, I have, I've been very clear that I am, I'm grateful that there's a football season. I'm grateful that I had a game to cover today. Uh, so I am by no means saying that. I'm, I'm just trying to give kind of insight in, into what was happening after the game and these stories that you're going to read. Well, it's like they say, Zach, you know, as, as beat reporters, we have uh, several opponents. It's the other beat reporters, but also the, it's also the pandemic. <laughs> no, I, I – I, well, Sure. You want to go that far, but uh, okay. uh, speaking of uh, recycled jokes, uh, I was happy to get a uh, too much Earths text from my wife after the Eagles went up seven nothing, but uh, there was not much Earths left after that, so um, that was it. Uh, let's let's uh, spend a little bit of time on the defense, Zach, yeah. um, because uh, they were they were certainly not the story, but um, you know they didn't necessarily do anything super impressive other than your boy. Daniil Hunter 2.0 getting a strip sack. Um, you know, they once again shut down the opposing team's running game. Uh, Washington had 36 carries for 80 yards, so just 2.2 yards per carry. And, you know, Dwayne Haskins um, was not good in this game. 178 yards, uh, an 82.5 quarterback rating. Uh, I thought he looked awful, um, and I'm ready, to, I'm ready to close the book on Dwayne Haskins, who's now in his second year. Uh, they held Terry McLaurin fairly in, in check. Five catches for 61 yards, and Darius Slade did pretty much follow him all over the place. But uh, it was sort of um, the circumstantial nature of the way the game went. Like, you know, they were put in a lot of bad positions, and when they were put in those bad positions, they never really uh, came up big, I guess. Yeah, there was one drive that I, I, I would really hold against the defense, um, and that was the, the, the fourth quarter drive when Washington goes up seven points. I think they started at their own, at, at, at the Eagles' 48. Um, I don't have – Yeah, Shank, Shankopotamus by Cameron Johnston. So, they're at their 48 uh, – uh, they're at the Eagles' 48, and Washington converted on that drive a third and eight, a third and nine, and a fourth and one. Um, those are three opportunities to get Washington go. off the field. The third and eight and the third and nine, those are – you know, you're, you're, you're going off against a second-year quarterback – who he, he should not be converting to Logan Thomas on that play. And uh, I think the other one was Steven Ziz. Like, I'm a sad I, – I, I hold that. One of them – Avante Maddox – it looked like Avante Maddox was singled up on one of them and just sort of slipped in his uh, – when he was breaking, and, and that was the, the result of one of them. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so so two third and relatively long conversions. Like, like you should be able to get off the if, – if you told this defense – that you'd have a third and eight and a third and nine, um, and you need to get Washington's offense off the field, and you can keep it either a tie game or a three or a three point game. I think they would have taken that. So they need to get them off the field in in, in that situation. I'm going to hold that against the defense. Otherwise, 
yeah, there were there weren't those game changing plays. You know, they they probably could have done more to get to Haskins. Uh, but I I thought that the thing that hurt the defense the most, as I said, five scoring tries, all started in Eagles territory. They couldn't overcome the field position, uh, and to, I blame the Eagles offense for that. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a terrible performance, all things considered, but uh, given how, I mean, really putrid the football team offense looked in the first half, and I don't think that was a like a, a an unfair look at them. Uh, it was a pretty uncreative offense that lacks really any skilled players besides Terry McLaurin. Um, it would have been nice if they could have uh, bowed up, as Jalen Mills likes to say, you know, any number of those times. Great. Uh, and Brandon Graham leaves, and as we said, Vinny Curry leaves with what I thought was a, a serious injury. So, uh, again, with no Derek Barnett and no Javon, Javon Hargrave, uh, they are shorthanded again. Um, I guess, what is your level of concern for the defense relative to what you would have thought heading into this game? Yeah, so a few things on, on, on those injuries. Um, Curry is a hamstring. They declared him out right away. Uh, give some context there, the Eagles – very seldom declare a player out. Like, it's, it's always – he's questionable to return. Uh, so, the fact that he was – I think it totally blew because he, he, he could not he could not walk yeah. off the field. Yeah, the fact that he was declared out, that's a bad sign. Brandon Graham was being evaluated for a concussion. Uh, he did not return to the game. We don't know the results of, of the concussion. Uh, we'll find out, but, but that's, that's what that was. So the defense overall, um, my outlook on them hasn't changed. What was the what was the what was the announcement? What was the announced injury on Driscoll? They did not announce the injury on Driscoll, um, which was oh, okay. yeah, and Eagles uh, didn't put that out either. Uh, so so there's nothing on on. It looked like a it looked like a something with his left leg. It looked like, but he came back and was on the sideline, like practicing his kick slides, as if he he could have maybe gone back in. Uh, they didn't put him back in. Yeah. But so that would lead me to think that he's not going to be out for an extended period of time. And Boston Scott. And again, it's the Eagles, so he, you know, he may never play again. <laughs> uh, Boston Scott went to the, he went to the locker room. He came back, returned to the game. Um, so the defense overall, I thought that my opinion on them hasn't necessarily changed. I thought you brought up a good point about the group that they ended the game with. You know, we we talked about the strength of this of this defensive tackle of the defensive tackle rotation. I don't think that could be playing these critical snaps this year. Uh, I would say that defensive end oh, – well, I, I thought Malik Jackson had a productive game. Uh, didn't see much from Fletcher Cox. I'll go back and watch it. Defensive end, Sweat had a productive, had a productive pass rush. Um, Brandon Graham looked good against the run. That's re- oh, oh, Jannard Avery uh, was credited for – a half a sack twice, so he. I think he came out of the game with a full sack. We'll see. I, I, I don't wow. have those numbers in front of me, but Howie Roseman was probably pumping his fist. So you think Howie? Yeah, you think all told, it was a good day for Howie. <laughs> um, well, he was probably pumped about the Avery trade. Uh, I thought Slay yeah, looked. That's like, what I mean. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's more important. I thought Slay looked fine. You know, I I thought. Uh, I thought he looked good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, compared to. What uh, Terry McLaurin did to them last year, I thought this was an improvement, right? Um, and, and so credit play there. Yeah, five, five catches for 61 for McLaurin on seven targets. Yeah. That's pretty good. You know, and, and that's why you go out and and, and, and get uh, Darius Slay. Uh, so, so that was a good thing. 
the, the, the linebackers didn't jump out to me one way or the other, which is probably the way the Eagles want them, right? Um, so, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I had to go back. Gary looks forward. fine to me. But, I, you know, the, the defensive line, uh, this defense is built around the defensive line, and so they probably need to see a little more from that group in terms of disruption uh, on the quarterback. Due to quarantine, it's very possible that the inside of your pants is as disheveled as the Eagles' offensive line. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football. When it comes to men's hygiene, Manscaped is as good and safe as the Eagles with a 17-point lead. The Lawn Mower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man, and it's way better than the Lawn Mower 1.0 and 2.0. They just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add to their Lawn Mower 3.0 trimmer. So here's the deal. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. It's time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties with Manscaped. Uh, let me let me pitch this to you, which uh, was going through my head when uh, Jimmy Moreland made his uh, interception of Carson Wentz. This land is my land. This land is more land from North Virginia to the Beltway Parkway. What do you think? Pretty good? Yeah, it's creative. This land is more land? You think that's pretty good? That's pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, is that a song you sing to your son? Uh, no, but it might be now. It might be now. Okay. We've been doing a lot of, uh, we do a lot of, you know, we always end, we always end um, the day with a, with a book and a song. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we do a lot of making up songs because Casey will just ask for a song uh, about, you know, whatever it is that he wants to hear a song about. And so we'll have to find a familiar tune and just make up some words. That's probably, that's where you get your uh, creativity. I mean, I'm not sure it's where I get it from, but you, it's uh, one outlet. Yeah, that's it. where you exhibit it. Um. Okay, so I guess, uh, you know, is there anything else, um, you know, granular about this game that you think we need to touch on, or should we should we uh, pull the lens back a little bit? Uh, no, I, I think we, we really hit on the bulk of the game there. Uh, you know, there, there are plays we can – I mean, were there any big, like, uh, coaching, any, any big coaching things that you want to hit Doug on before? You know, no, I had no issues with the four downs that he went for. I would have gone for, for, for those in that situation. Um, I didn't even think the, the play calling was, was that bad. I know there was a question after the game about the run-pass split. That, I wasn't too bothered by it. You see who your running backs were this week. Uh, I, I, I thought the way to go was, was to pass the ball. I, I thought they could have gotten the screen game more involved. That was something that, that really helped them in the month of December last year. And Doug Peterson said they, they had a few screens called that that obviously didn't work. Uh, but I would have liked to see them use Boston Scott catching the ball out of the backfield a little more. Yeah, I I, um, I would have – like, I feel like they should have run the ball more in this game. And I'm, I'm you know, never a run-the-ball guy. But just given, uh, you know, the – the way that the Washington defense has uh, played against the run the last couple of years. And Boston Scott only had nine carries for 35 yards. 
Corey Clements, six for 19, and uh, Jason Huntley, a big one carry for one yard. Uh, and Corey Clements, I think, is um, I'm ready to put in the JJ Ortega Whiteside bucket of, uh, you know, what, what, whatever you showed us in training camp doesn't really matter. But um, there were not times when I, you know, found myself thinking they passed the ball when they should have run it. So uh, I'm not going to complain about that too much. I think the, the play calling thing that would have frustrated me was it did seem like they, uh, they stopped moving the pocket. And I don't know if that was a, uh, as I said before, I don't know if that was a, a conscious thing or what, but uh, they, that, that was sort of eliminated at the beginning of the, of the game. Now the first interception, would you have been aggressive in that situation? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like I the idea to go. You, you get uh, a chance to score some points, and then you're going to get the ball again at the beginning of halftime. You can really put the game away. Um, I think you have to be, you know, more careful with the throws you actually make if you're the quarterback. Um, okay. I put I put that on the West. Okay. Fair enough. Um, okay. Well, how about you know just uh, general scoping uh, out a little bit? Do you feel? Uh, I mean, you must feel worse than you did, you know, yesterday. How much worse do you feel? How much does this change your opinion of the 2020 Eagles? Yeah, the reason I, I would feel worse is not because of the way they play. Uh, I thought this was a team that was going to be in that 8, 9, 10-win range this year. So I didn't think they were playing with, like, a big margin for error. Uh, so when you lose a game that you should win, uh, I, I, I think that that puts you in a – at some point this year, you, you need to win a game that you're going to lose or, or that you're supposed to lose, if, if, if that makes sense. Similar to the way we talked about the Miami game last year. Like, you – you know, the it's interesting when you look at the Eagles' schedule, or, or I'm sorry, you look at the Eagles' record during the past two years, it's somewhat inflated by wins over the Giants and Washington, right? Like, they're, they're able to beat the Giants and Washington. And we always talked about yeah. in this, you know, that, the, that well, third place, fourth place is kind of off the table here because of, of, of the Giants and Washington. So I, I don't I, – I think these are – I didn't games, say third place was off the table. That's what I would say. Um, I just thought they were clearly yeah. better than the Giants in Washington. And so for them to lose a game at, at Washington when they were up 17 nothing, uh, to me, I feel worse about their season in the sense that I don't think they had a great margin for error. As far as, like, the way they played, no, because I, I think that – I think Carson Wentz is, is going to be fine. I think there's a big enough sample size. I think the offensive line, if, if Lane Johnson's out there, they're, they're going to be better. But I do think that the offensive line is a major question if they don't have Johnson or Kelsey out there. You know, they have three studs on this line. Johnson, Brooks, and Kelsey. They don't have Brooks. All, uh, you know, we're assuming all season. Uh, they didn't have Johnson today. And when you take away two of those three, it's a mediocre offensive line. And when they have a mediocre offensive line, or worse, they're not the same football team. Um, I might put Driscoll in that, you know, uh, star offensive line <laughs> category, but we'll see. And I'm passing the uh, the Maryland house. Zach, what's your favorite of the 95 service areas from uh, D.C. up to New York? Uh, Molly Pitcher, maybe? Is that a good one? 
on, on oh the- i was gonna say molly pitcher okay. i like a molly pitcher yeah um but you know what I, i'm i'm not a big rent stop person uh, no, yeah, you want to, well, especially now, especially now you want to avoid the rest stops. Uh, but I'm, I'm more like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll roll, I'll, I'll roll right through. And if I'm not on a, if I'm not on a place where like you're, you're, uh, paying the toll every time you get on and off, then, you know, you can get off to go to a, to a Wawa, to a Waffle House, uh, you know, a place like that. If you, so. Ooh, a wa! You're throwing a you're throwing a waho at me. Well, I like it, that. If you're stopping for a for a meal, but typically on on this ride, I believe I believe Sheil, I believe Sheil has never been to Waffle House. I think we need to right? make that happen. Okay. Um, but yeah. but no, it, 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 it's more Wawa. So on this on this Billy to uh, to DC ride, typically when we're not doing a podcast, I would I would get off in Bel Air. And there's a Wawa right there. In, in Bel Air, Maryland. Okay. Um, but uh, this time, I'm rolling straight through. Uh, they, that's why they call you. The, that's why they call you the Prince of Bel Air. No, I'm. I'm uh, I hope the audio is okay for. You're everybody. the king. No, I. I You're the king I, of Bel Air. I've only been to the uh, the Waffle House, the Chick Fil A, and what's well, our the Wawa, the Chick Fil A, the Wayman, and Bel Air, Maryland. You did a good move on the way up to a Giants game, I think, last year, where you uh, you you had scoped out a very specific pizza place yes. along the way. Yeah, yeah, like I I would always choose. That was a good move. I always choose the neighborhood pizza spot, especially when you're in Jersey, over over the rest of. Yeah, Marissa, you've made the uh, Maryland to New Jersey drive plenty, I'm sure. What's your What's your favorite stop along the way? I got to go with the Walt Whitman rest stop. <laughs> oh, Walt fan. Okay. It's like at the bottom of Jersey. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. But I try not That's to true. stop either. I, I'm not really, you know, I like to go straight through. And I've done it so many times that, like, yeah. I know, all right, I'm at this point. I got an hour left. I got 30 minutes left, you know. Right. To make okay. it there. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I don't get a lot of waltz because it's usually it's usually – uh, New York to Philly and then Philly to DC, so you don't you don't go all the way through the turnpike. So yeah, uh, I'm glad to hear that Walt's doing well. <laughs> yes. So Marissa, what do you think of, of the phone call pod? Um, well, little behind the curtain, <laughs> um, <laughs> this will be a little extra work for me, but oh, I hope sorry. our listeners enjoy it, and we are getting it to you as quick as we can because we knew that everybody needed to hear an instant reaction after that game. So. We well, the important thing—the important thing, Marissa, yeah. is that Marissa. The important thing is that it's less work, less work for Zach. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have to go home and write, so you guys are going to be. Yeah, that's uh, yeah I, I don't know. So we're doing our less work. It's just, it's just more efficient. It's not less work, but it's just more efficient. I know, I know. And it's uh, making the okay. drive go quicker, right? You know. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, this is fun. You're probably almost home. <laughs> Zach is. Zach was ahead of me, and I know he's. You know he's going like a hundred miles. No, an hour. no, no. Bowie. He loves to drive no. so much. I'm <laughs> Bo's a much faster driver than I am. Uh, Bo got us from. Uh, I don't think that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it. Yeah, and we could check the tape this week when we were driving from, uh, from Buffalo to Rochester last week. Well, that's because we had a. That's because we had a flight to catch. The flight was the next morning. Oh, wait. Yeah. The, yeah, Buffalo oh, Rochester. Oh, that one? You did 
I think you 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 and commented. what I said you were going too fast, too slow. Yeah, I think you commented that you're a faster track. I don't think that's true. Well, the I could uh, be wrong. The uh, the 4 a.m. last year from Lambo to Appleton. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Bo was pushing it on that one. And we, and we were very tight. Well, we had a flight. Yeah. We literally did have a flight. Yeah, we together. were very tight. We, like, walked yeah. right in. Yeah. Yeah. And then we saw uh, Biz Marquis. No, that was in Rochester. Yeah. Oh. I saw – oh, where? And I also saw him in Charlotte. So that's right. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Let's, let's um, all right, Zach. Is there is – there, is there anything else we need to uh, discuss about this game or your life? No, we'll get Doug Peterson tomorrow. Uh, we'll watch the film. We'll have more. We'll be back for the pod this week, and, and, and we'll have a little more detail on what we discussed. And uh, and then big game against the Rams next week. You know? I think I think disgust is the uh, the operative word for Eagles fans. Yes, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I can see how, how that could be interpreted. Uh, no, I, I do think, though, that the Eagles are facing a really big stretch here. I don't know if, if home and road matters as much as it does in a typical year just because of, you know, the atmosphere of the game are different. But you're home for games against the Rams and the Bengals. I, I don't know if, like, they're easy games, and certainly not the Rams, but I, I think these are winnable games. And I think that if, if the Eagles come out of the stretch, zero and three or one and two, uh, it certainly looks it certainly looks different, especially when you're going into San Francisco week four. I think that's right. Uh, how was the uh, how was the dinosaur thing yesterday? Oh, Friday it was uh it was fine. I mean my my son loved it. Uh, my uh, okay, good. Yeah, my son loved it. My daughter was, was 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 a little scared. I thought it was just okay, but it was it was it was a nice memory with the family. Okay, that's good. You re- you recommend it or not? If if your son's into it, like it's certainly not something that to, to okay. go for you and your wife. Is there like a separate? Is there a separate audio package for it? No, the audio is, is included. How it works? Yeah, you just do listen to it in the car. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it tells you when to stop and when to start. Okay. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Maybe on a rainy day. All right. Well, that's good stuff for our listeners. I'm sure they're excited to hear that. Exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure we're into uh, really enjoying okay. you extending this pod a little bit more for, for that stuff. I know. Uh, I would say I would say that my you know my lasting thought for this game uh, or the last thing we should talk about is uh, you know is is the way that they are constructed right now. And like the, the the depths to which they have um, plunged in terms of who's on the field, uh, do you think that is a roster construction issue? Do you do you hold Howie Roseman accountable? Uh, certainly. I mean, I think he plays a part in it. I think it's too soon to say, you know, to say this, but their 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 confidence in their reserve offensive linemen was based on these young players that they were drafting and developing. So we've, we've been hearing about Jordan Maialata, Matt Pryor, uh, how Nate Herbig was this, this, this guy that they found who they're really confident in and, and teams were really interested in him last year. And Jack Driscoll is their fourth-round pick. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 think it's, I think that's part of it. 
I think that uh, all these guys getting hurt, um, I don't know if, if that's if that's roster construction. In the past, we said injured players get injured. Javon Hargrave is not necessarily an injured player. Um, so I, I I don't know about Miles Sanders yet. It, it, it's too soon to say. Uh, but, um, no, I mean, I, I, I think if, 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 if this season craters, then I think roster construction is a big part of it, absolutely. And how they've allocated resources is a big question. But it's it's still it's still. It's I, I you know fun. I wonder if Howie I wonder if Howie just made a deal with the devil uh, that like you know we'll win the Super Bowl but your players are going to get injured for the rest of <laughs> your life like that's just what's going to happen. Still week one, it's a long way to go. Here. I don't know. Maybe it's the maybe it's the uh, the, the the juju trade off for for winning the Super Bowl. I think Eagles fans would probably still take that. But uh, okay, well I think that's uh, that's probably good enough. Um, yeah, I mean, a pretty uh, a pretty disastrous start to the season for the Philadelphia Eagles as they fall to 0-1 after blowing a 17-0 lead to a uh, really a terrible team, as far as I'm concerned. That offense, I, I don't I don't think this is going to be the case of uh, you know this win looks better at the end of the season than it than it is now. I think this is still going to be a bad team, so uh, the Eagles are going to have to make up for that somehow, and uh, we will be here along the way. To tell you if they do or do not. So one quick question. Are, what do you got? Are we doing the in-person pod after the game next week? Oh, good question. I don't know. Do we go into a in 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 the radio booth there? They have yeah. the uh, biters. You know, do we want to do that or I think or do we race home and I what's what's the way I, to do it? Because I I just bring it up. I miss I miss the in-person pod. I feel that we lose some of the emotion from the game um, when we're not doing the interview. Well, and box. when you're also trying to focus on the road and uh, it's also not, sure. you haven't, you haven't written yet. And so uh, you, especially Zach are not um, completely exhausted by the time we do the post game pod. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. the dynamic that's been missing so far tonight, but um, yeah, I don't know. I actually think they, I don't know if we're going to be even be allowed to stay in the press box for very long. So it, it okay. might be the case that we come home and do a, uh, maybe we do it. Maybe we do a YouTube uh, post game pod. I don't know. An idea to throw out there. Something to think about. All right. Uh, well, for uh, Shield, you know, snuggled up in his bed and Marissa, the, uh, the real superstar and Zach, I'm Bo. Thank you for listening. And as always, we love you. Words with friends.